Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode one, season three of Ammo and Danny's Irish Outfield Road. Well, here we are, Danny, season three, episode one, madness. Um, it's crazy. We've uh, we've overseen Liverpool in a, a Premier League. We've overseen what's in Liverpool a pandemic. Um, we've had ex Liverpool stars on. You know, Liverpool's first ever black player. We've had musicians on. Um, the voice of Anfield, George Sefton, and here we are for season three. It's mental, it's crazy, but we're back. We're excited. Um, this is all we are, hour away from um, actually real life every week. <laughs> 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 we're, we're, we're passing this off as way to, um, to chat about football and have a catch-up. Um, so yeah, season three, episode one, Danny. Um, first and foremost, what are your thoughts about this being you know, into our third season? Madness, isn't it? It's weird, isn't it? And do you know what? Like, as you said, for us, it's us just sitting here chatting about football and getting a chance to get away and talk about it. And at times, especially over the summer, this is probably the only bit of football I get because, like, between like pre-season friendlies that are all on the club's own channels, there's not on really on TV. After the Euros, I kind of just forget about it a little bit. But it's nice to get back and talk about it. But at the same time, there is this weird realism that comes with this podcast and I'll tell you why I'm, what I mean by that I was I was working about three weeks ago Um, I was working doing my job that, that I do and I was recording this video series we do this big video series every year uh, with loads of other different organisations and I had to go out into the middle of Belfast and, um, and pull randomers just literally just approach random people and ask them these questions so asking them these questions about um, if you could get rid of one thing in the world what would it be uh, and different things like that. And I went over to a guy sitting on a sitting um, in the middle of Belfast, just sitting by this monument, eating his lunch. And I went over and I just said to him, I was like, oh, do you mind if I ask you a couple of questions? And he was like, do you mind if I ask you one? And I was like, what? And he was like, 
are you Danny from from Ammo and Danny's Irish show? And I was like, you're joking that this is like, and you have that moment where you just go, this isn't real. Like, because we think about the fact that like, it's just us chatting, but there's loads of people listening and you kind of forget that. Uh, so yeah, that was my random moment of what happened to me during the summer in, in remembrance of this podcast. <laughs> Yeah, well, there you go. It's mad as I say. It's been um, it's spiraled and enjoyable. It really is just two two lads trying to get away from real life for an hour and uh, pass off his work. So uh, <laughs> the the bluff that we're doing is uh, it's going great so far. Isn't it? <laughs> Can't complain. So you mentioned the summer there. Um, I know I've been working a bit. I haven't really done a lot. Um, but what what have you been up to? Um, I know you've been to England with the family. You were in Liverpool and stuff, weren't you? Yeah, just the usual. Um, just had a little bit of a holiday. Now that things have opened up a little bit, so went to Wales, went to England, had a little travel around, a little bit of a road trip, uh, which was nice. And then yeah, apart from that, just work stuff and family life and and everything that comes with that. Getting the kids ready for school in a couple of weeks and all all these different things. So not in, not in too out of the ordinary, as you said. This this podcast is kind of the only thing out of the ordinary that I do during the week that is not normal life. Um. And everyone listening to it's in the same boat. The kind of listening to this helps them, hopefully, to to get away yeah. from the normality of life and think a little bit about football and have a bit of banter. Uh, listening to us waffle crap for an hour. <laughs> are you over the fact that Czech, Czech Republic beat Holland yet, or are you uh, still rolling those facts? <laughs> <laughs> I like to I like to forget that that ever happened. <laughs> we yeah, I remember us speaking about that Euros and at the end of us. Picking those teams, you turned around and was like, oh, you've got the better deal there. The Czech Republic yeah. were a real dark horse in that tournament, like. Yeah, so it was a mad tournament. Obviously, Italy win on pens as well. Um, mm. I took a lot of flack supporting Italy. Um, that, yeah. It's still holding on the shoulder these days, but it was, uh, let's say, it was all good banter in the end. Um, <laughs> good Euros. And then I think some of the pre-season games actually started before the Euro final. Mm. So uh, the preseason's come and gone. Um, we're going to come into Liverpool in the second kind of part of the show, so we are. Um, but what we're going to discuss now, Danny, in the first maybe 15 minutes or so, is just about transfers and how we think the season's going to go for other teams. Um, I'm sitting here, I'm just after going um, upstairs, and I was watching the TV, and Messi is just done a news conference mm. at PSG. So first of all, we have to start there. Lionel Messi, greatest player of all time. Um, debatable. Arguably, debatable. <laughs> say, he's definitely one of the greatest players of all time. And he's, you know, he's, he's in our generation of football. So we're blessed to have him. He's 34 years of age. He's been Mr. Barcelona. You now he's been there since a kid. They were the only club that trusted in him because of size. You know, we're talking Steven Gerrard on a different level. You know, double Steven Gerrard, triple Steven Gerrard. And you're getting somewhere close to Lionel Messi. And all of a sudden now he's playing for, for PSG in the three or four years ago. The defence league was a, a laughing stock. And now he's playing alongside Mbappe, Neymar again. Um, Danny, first of all, what are your reactions of Lionel Messi going to PSG? Um, we can talk all day about how it happened, the money and stuff. But I mean, what? Messi's away? What? What? I know. It's, do you know what? It was a, it was a strange one. I, I've, got to, I've got to say that... I. I didn't. I wasn't fully surprised when it happened. I was more surprised that he went to PSG. Like I did think that if he was going to make the move, he was going to go somewhere like City, uh, somewhere where it was still challenging football, where he could prove himself. At the same time, these boys are driven by competition, and we we've seen. I, I believe we've seen the the best of Messi over the last ten years, 
And I believe a big part of that was because he was competing consistently with Ronaldo. And I think yeah. that drive really motivates boys like that, motivates Messi, motivates Ronaldo to do really well. And the only thing he's ever had, and we discussed it a while ago on our podcast last season, the whole Messi-Ronaldo debate. And we always said one of the things that Messi has always got coming at him for people that are doubters of whether Messi is the greatest player of all time is that oh, Ronaldo's done it in multiple countries. And I think as much as we just sitting there and discuss that, Messi knows that as well. And I think this is his chance. He knows that he's probably only got a, like another move in him. And, and as the age of him and all the rest of it, he was to sign a contract with Barcelona, that would have been him till the end of his career. So this was his chance to to move to a different place, to, to prove that he can do it in another country, to prove that he can do it with another club so, so that he can say it's that competition for him. It'll drive him. And I can imagine he'll have a great season in PSG. But as we said, apart from like Lyon, is, is there really any other good teams that are going to be competition for him in that league? Well, Lille won it last season, didn't he? Which was a surprise. <laughs> Lille won the Lille won the league in, in a one in a one team league. <laughs> but then I, I I would argue to step down from La Liga, but then since Ronaldo went, I think La Liga's taken a, a bit of a um a bit of a you know it's not it's not the same as it once was. And then obviously when Suarez left Barca and he went to Atletico Madrid, and then Atletico Madrid won the league. And then now don't forget Ramos has joined them. You know our mate Ramos, our favourite. Our bestie there, he's with, so you know, he's at that team now with some stars. And uh, mm-hmm. I have to say, my opinion on it is this: is it'll be interesting to see how all those superstars come together. You know, Messi's a leader. You know, Ramos is a leader. Um, Neymar's a leader. I say Neymar's a leader as such. Um, he's a liability, really, isn't he? But he's still <laughs> a, he's still a special talent, Neymar. Oh yeah. And you, you know, seeing seeing them all together is just going to be, you know, put it this way: there'll be. A, as people say about Messi, like the revenue that he brings into the league and the shirts that'll be sold, even if he does nothing on the pitch, which he will, it, it's still a no-brainer for PSG to pay him what he wants and they'll make money back. And uh, there'll be a lot more interesting French league. I can all, I can all, I can almost see it in the next couple of weeks, some kind of TV deal being signed with um, ITV or or the BBC or something or Sky, where like all of a sudden PSG games are live every week. You know, oh yeah, I think some of them will be for, but. Um, I can see it happening just because of Messi and that's it and people arguing like people from all over the world are tuning in at all hours of their day just to go and watch Messi which is true so fair play to them um, but there's been big 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 transfers um, the biggest in the Premier League obviously is uh, Jack Grealish to Manchester City so uh, what do you think of that Danny? It is absolute madness. I think there was a there was a comparison stat done uh, a couple of days ago that said that at this age, at this time in his career, James Milner had more goals and more assists than Jack Grealish at Aston Villa, and he went to Man City. But Jack Grealish has gone for a hundred million pounds. Are you telling me? Like I love James Milner; he's a great player. But is he in the current market? If he was that age, is he really worth one hundred and fifteen, hundred and twenty million pounds? I think money's gone a bit mental in football to pay that sort of money for a player that, yeah, he's a, he's a good talent, he's a good player. Is he a £100 million worth of player? I don't think so. And I think all it's going to do is inflate the market even more for, for players that aren't like your, your world-class, top-level players. Um, so I'm, I'm glad for Grealish. I think he's a good enough talent that he should be competing Champions League and playing, in, um, like playing for top teams, competing for Premier League and all. But not not at that price. I think it's just a little bit ridiculously. 
Yeah, I mean, I 100% agree with that, but we've said this before, haven't we, with the European Super League and, and podcasts, if you, if, you, if you take money into context from football, it's, it, it ruins it. And then this is where this is where it gets the bad flack from maybe not football fans and stuff. So I understand what you're saying, but I think it's because he's English and it's one of them, isn't it? But yeah, no, I mean, me personally, I think he'll do well at City. Um, it be interesting to see how he fits in, because as I say, he's, he's quite similar to a lot of players that they've got. He's similar to the Bruyne. He's similar to you know, their uh, silver. He's similar to Sterling. He plays similar positions. So I mean, there's an old saying you can never have too many players. So let's see how that materializes. Um, another big story. Um, Jack. Now uh, that Jack Pearce has gone to City, it's also Kane, uh, linked from Spurs to, to to City. Uh, how do you how do you see that one going? It seems to be the saga, of, like the summer as such, and. Um, the irony is that City and Tottenham play each other on the weekend there. Mm. And uh, it's just interesting to see how this is all going to plan out. So Spurs obviously new manager. And uh, what is his name? How do you say it? Nunes, is it? Or, yeah, the old Nuno, manager. Nuno, isn't it? Nuno, yeah. So um, he's had to come in and deal with this from Kane. And it looks at the moment like he's not going anywhere, doesn't it? It does. I think it was it was off, then it was on, then it was off again, it was on again. It's like they were they were gonna sign Kane, they put an offer in for him, Spurs rejected it, and then Messi suddenly went on sale and um he wasn't sure like obviously City were really interested, so the Kane deal wasn't happening, and then Messi's got to PSG, so now the Kane deal might be happening again. And then there's all the financial fair play rules that come into play with it all and like because as I said to you before, if Jack Grealish is worth 100 million and he's had a couple of good seasons, how much is Kane worth, really? But that's the thing, Daniel Levy as well, he, of this rumour stuff, I think he's wanting 150 million mm-hmm. and City are thinking the value of him at 100 million. I mean, I think if taking the context out of money, like we said, I think 100 million is fair for Kane. But then when you look at Grealish for that and you, you made a great comparison there with James Miller, you're like, well, you know, if, if, if Grealish is coming as, as, a, as a bit of a risk, for 100 million. Like Kane is next four years proven 20, 25 goals a season, which money doesn't really buy you. We'll yeah. come into a car in a minute. So it's like, what is Kane actually worth? You know? Um, and Daniel even Levy, from what you hear, all the ex pundits and all the ex players say is that he's a, he's a tough cookie to deal with and he's, he's on a three year contract. So I think there's a good chance Kane will be playing for space this season, which is shocking, really, but I think it could happen. It'd be interesting to see how the fans react to that because the fans know that Kane wants to leave. He didn't turn off to train him for a few days and all the rest of it. And he says that it's because he was allowed the extra time off, but we know it's because he was trying to push the deal. Um, how are the fans going to react to all of that? Are they going to have the same love for Kane or is it going to be the classic football of we we hate him, we don't like him, and then he bangs in three goals in the first game and, and he's everyone's best mate again? Like, what's, what's going to be going on? I don't know if any of you use what like I know you do ammo, but I don't know if any of the listeners follow a guy called Darren Farley. He's been doing yeah. the impressions and basically has like done this whole Kane story throughout. And if you haven't watched them, watch him on YouTube. He's really, really yeah. good. That's basically where He's I've got hilarious. my news from for the past four weeks. <laughs> <laughs> He's hilarious. I've met him. Hey, we've been trying to get him on the pod for a long, long time, but um, working progress. But um, yeah, no, it's funny. And as I say, it'd be interesting to see. Um, other stories that have happened in, in the world of football, um, obviously Lukaku has gone to Chelsea again, so he was at Chelsea, then he left Chelsea and I think he went to Everton, then he left Everton, went to United, didn't quite happen for United, he's had a couple of great seasons at Inter, his, his uh, records of Belgium are ridiculous and he's 28, he's big, you know, he's 
he's frightening to watch. Like, I would not want to play against Lukaku. Honest to God, he just looks like he's he, he pushes people off the ball for fun, and he's going to Chelsea Champions League winners. Um, shout out to Chelsea for actually playing up in Belfast uh, in Danny's neck of the woods there uh, tonight in the Super Cup against Real. So um, that's mad. We don't really see Premier League teams over in, in Ireland or or the island of Ireland and or Northern Ireland very often. So let's hope that's a good spectacle for the, the north of Ireland there. Um, but yeah, Chelsea and Lukaku. How, what do you think of that move, Danny? Oh, mate, Chelsea, like as as much as like, yeah, it's great that they're going to be playing tonight. I hope they do well. Um, but like, how stupid are they? Let's be honest, like, like the amount of players they've got rid of and then they try and buy them back again for like ridiculous amounts of money. Like Roma Bramovich must have like, after, and I know he has got more money than since, but like people don't normally show that so blatantly as what he does in terms of the players that he sells for nothing and then suddenly goes, oh, actually, they've come good now, so actually I'm going to pay an absolute boatload of money to try and bring them back. I think it's a good deal for them. I think Lukaku will do well. I think he'll score goals. He's he's made for the Premier League. He's fast, but he's strong. He's well-built, um, and I think there's very few defences that can actually handle Lukaku. Or and he's got a point to prove. I think he's got a point to prove because he didn't quite make it Chelsea at United. As I thought he'd done all right at United, but um, speaking to United fans, a lot of people said they shouldn't have got rid of him. But obviously, he went to Inter to be the main man, and he's going to Chelsea to be the main man now. So, but he, with that football club, things change very quickly, don't they? Chelsea, well, don't get me wrong, they've got trophies, it seems to work for them. But they, they change managers like every what well, year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. The players coming in and out every, you know. It's a bit of a weird football club, really, and it's it's a it's a club that I don't really have a lot of respect for. But he's going on a five year deal, um, and he's going for ninety seven million pounds. So you know, when you put that into context, it's one of those things where wow. And I don't know what he went for, to Everton for or whatever, but I would imagine it was about fifteen, twenty, maybe thirty at the time. I don't remember exactly, but um, it's just mad when you look like that. Um, other moves that have happened in in the Premier League: um, Danny Ings, shock move from Southampton to Villa. Yeah. Um, obviously, the money from Grealish helped with that. That's a bit of a weird one because he was actually linked with City and linked back with Liverpool, wasn't he? And I mean, Danny Ings is an interesting one. He's had his injury problems, but just out, out the last four or five years when he's actually played, he's been up there with the best in the Premier League, hasn't he? You know, for his, his, for, his for statistics, you know, for goals and assists and work rate and influence on the team. He, he has to be up there. And again, he's 28, he's in his peak. So, is that a shock move for you, Danny, going from Southampton to Aston Villa? It isn't, it isn't. I think Danny Ings has got sense and I think he knows that if he if he goes to a Liverpool or he goes to a City, he's going to be really battling to, to get game time there. I think Danny Ings is the type of player that he needs to feed off the fact that everybody everybody loves him and knows that he's going to do well. I think he proved when he was at Liverpool, he was a great player, but the competition kind of got the best of him a little bit. And I think at Southampton, where he knew he was the starting striker every single week, he absolutely thrived there. But let's be honest, Southampton, at best, are a a mid-table team. Uh, Where Villa proved themselves last season, Villa had a very, very good season. Uh, Martinez in goal, like he was joint joint Golden Glove. Um, You've got Tyrone Mings there, and then the money that they're going to get from Grealish. Uh, I know they're going to try and go back in for Ross Barkley again. They brought Danny Ings in. I think they're a decent team, and I think Aston Villa, the type of team that watching them last season, if they can keep that form up, they can push for that sort of top eight and rival, the likes of Everton and rival even the likes of Arsenal, the way they played last season and stuff like that. Um, so 
I don't think it's the worst move. I think it's it's the type of club that he's going to go into. He's going to play alongside Ollie Watkins, and I think he will be a starting. He'll be the starting striker there. So I think he's made a good move to go a little bit higher, but he hasn't he hasn't oversold himself, um, which I think is no, good. Fair enough. Fair enough. A couple of things to mention before we go into the second part of the podcast, and we'll talk about Liverpool. Um, a couple of managerial statements. So obviously. Um, We've got Rafa Benitez at Everton. That's a big, big talking point. Um, I see the smile on your face. Um, it's one of them, isn't it? You have to smile and you have to, as a Liverpool fan, I personally, and I can only speak for myself, but I think my opinion will be shared. Nothing that he does at Everton will ever ruin his legacy at Liverpool. He's down in folklore as a legend at Liverpool. He brought a 50 European Cup home. Um, he obviously had the FA Cup, um, the Gerrard final, which was unbelievable. Nearly won the league and... Uh, He's endeared himself to the fans like no other manager, really. But now he's at Everton. Um, it's just a, it's what you call a tricky one, isn't it? <laughs> you know? Like, I just, I'd look, I know we have a couple of Everton fans that listen to this pod, they may be mates or, you know, they, they listen to the odd episode. Um, I was speaking to Speedo Mick and he, he said, you know, himself, he said, as soon as he has a couple of bad results, they're going to get on his back. Like, so what, what, what do you think of Rafa at Everton? And do you think he'll do well or do you think it's a recipe for disaster? Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? And um, we've both got family that are Everton fans and friends that are Everton fans, and it's an interesting one. They got beat by United there 4 0, didn't they, in a pre season yeah. friendly? Straight away, my uncle uh, runs the Everton Supporters Club. He's one of the fellas that runs it, doing the away games and stuff like that. Um, straight away, he's all over his Facebook, raff it out. <laughs> that's, that's what he's going to get. Is like he's he's got a tough job. He's took on a very, very tough job there. The fans are massively against them. Uh, he's, he's basically he's trying to steer a sinking ship at the minute. We talked, we spoke about Barcelona and the players that are jumping out of Barcelona at the minute. Um, and obviously, like Wayne Alden not going to them and different things like that. Sergio Aguero sitting there thinking, what have I done? Um, and and all these other different clubs that we can see at the minute that are kind of just like dying to death all of a sudden. Uh, Real Madrid are kind of going the same way. And I think Benitez is going into a sinking ship here. I think Carlo Ancelotti brought in the players. There was a lot of hope. There was a lot of love for them. And then he just bailed on them. And now Rodriguez is looking out. Um, the players generally are looking very unsure, um, especially the ones that have been there for a little while, knowing the history with Rafa and all. So he's gone into a tough job there. Like, gone into a very, very hard yeah. situation. And what do you think of um, so a couple of uh, managerial appointments that have stayed? Uh, is Arteta or Arsenal? And Subscar signed a long contract at United. How do you see them two teams getting on? And obviously Nuno at Spurs as well, he's coming to we, we briefly mentioned there with the Kane situation. Um, you know, how do you see so obviously City, uh, Liverpool, United, Arsenal, Spurs, um, and Chelsea consider the top six as such. Yeah. But how do you see um well first of all, Arsenal had the stuck with Arteta, they had a disastrous season, but in that Europa League conference thing playing Second division teams in Hungary. Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, uh, how do you see how do you see Arsenal season going? I, I wasn't surprised by Arsenal or Spurs, to be fair, because both both managers, Arteta is is loved by the fans. They want to give him a chance. And also because he's a young manager, he's more trying to scout young players, look for new talent. And the same with Nuno. Nuno proved at Wolves that he could get the most, get a really good season out of generally quite average players. And and he's he, he scouted well. He, he got some really really good deals, uh, and that's what Spurs are all about. 
Daniel Levy is all about look and flash without actually spending any money. So <laughs> so he was the perfect perfect fit, really. Um, so I wasn't too surprised. Are they going to do anything this season? No, no, they're not. Like never do. <laughs> I think they'll be doing well to battle top seven. And I think as as we said before, you've got the likes of the Everton, Aston Villa, um, other clubs like that. Like even like the Leeds this season, if they can push on from last season, I think will will give Spurs and Arsenal a real run for the money. Um, so I think good appointments. I, I don't think they're going to do much about it, though. To be fair, and United obviously so far a long contact. A transfer that we never mentioned is Sancho. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of links with Pogba being in and out and stuff like that. Um, Cavani stayed on for another year. Um, Rashford out for a couple of weeks at the beginning of the season because he's getting uh, operation. And um, what do you think of the Sancho? How he's going to affect United? How do you see United doing this season? You know, we have a lot of a lot of friends that listen to this. That are United fans as well. That um, you know, they, they, I think they listen to support us, but. They do listen, so let 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 let's give a little bit about United. I'll I'll chip in first. Yeah, I personally think that United this season, I see I've seen a natural progression over the last two three years now, where they've progressively got better and better and better, and that's all you can ask for in the football club. But don't get me wrong, they're still not as good as City or Liverpool. You know, taking Liverpool out the account that we had a a, a bit of a one off season last season with the injuries, I think United are going to be. They're creeping in, you know. They're a team that are going to be there or thereabouts, in my opinion. Especially the signing Sancho, I think he's a great signing. He's, he's proven now, isn't he? He's done at Dortmund for two or three years. Um, he, he was a big part player at the Euros, but you know, you look at the, the competition he had. Um, but I think Sancho's major the Premier League pace, power, goals, assists. Um, I think they're going to be do good. Um, how do you see them? Firstly, I think this feels like a very much like a Sky Sports interview. This, I think you're doing a great job <laughs> going through with all these transfer rumours and all. Um, yeah, I think, do you know what? I'll stick my neck out and I'll say I'm quite glad that United have, have done what they've done. And obviously, we do, I, I don't want United to do well. I don't want United to play well. But it's nice to see that they haven't jumped on the bandwagon of just sacking managers at the first, the first hurdle. And it's good to see that, that obviously, United, like, like them or loathe them, they're a club with a lot of history and a lot of success and they're a club that a lot of people follow. So you want them to be setting the benchmark and putting that faith in Oli and saying to him, right, you've had a you've had a rough season, you've had a good season. We want you to we're gonna give you the freedom, go for it, see what you can do. Um and they've given them the money, they're backing them, and they're giving them a chance to be able to bring in the likes of Sancho, as you said, and others. Uh, I think I think Pogba will stay. I think they'll end up keeping Pogba for another season. I think Messi going to PSG is will affect Pogba being able to go there. Um so I think he'll keep them and I think I think Ollie will do well this season. Get the get the crowd back in and I think he'll do a good job. I don't want him to, but it's good to see the put faith in him and back them with money as well and not just said, right, we'll give you a chance, but you've got to bring in young players like like Nuno's doing and Arteta and stuff. It's good that they're actually backing him financially as well and putting that faith in him and we'll see we'll see how it goes. Well, that's it. It'll be a very interesting season. As I do, it's going to fans to the, the most point as well, which is mm-hmm. going to be um, spectacular. But what we're going to do now is take a quick break. Um, and obviously, the second half of the podcast, we're just going to be dedicate to uh, Man and Danny's first book. And that's Liverpool football. Club. So, in the meantime, thank you for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Welcome back, everybody, to the second part of... Amo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, we're going to talk all things Liverpool in the second half of this podcast, all about what's going to go on throughout the season, 
and transferring rumours, everything else that is going to involve about Liverpool. And I suppose the first question that I've got to ask to you, Lamo, before we get into the transfer news and pre-season and all the rest of it, is what the big question on everyone's lips is, what Liverpool are we going to see this season? Because last season, we've seen a Liverpool that, that lost six games on the bounce between January and March, didn't score in five of those games. Uh, and then we went, uh, obviously everyone was all over us in the media, worst team ever, worst champions, uh, defence of all time. And then we went on a 10-game unbeaten run and finished third. Like it was all right for a team that wasn't even going to finish in the European spot. Um, yeah. So which which one of those Liverpools are we going to see turn up from match day next week? I think it's going to be the season of the, the season that we won the league. Only thing is, is that everyone seems to look better. Um, a lot of talk about signings. Obviously, we've had Canarte coming. Look, look solid. He's young. He's fast. He's quick. He looks like a leader. He looks like great talent to come. Um, the injury um, crisis that we had last season was just unprecedented. Like, you know, you don't want to make fans. Plus, the return of fans this season has been brilliant. Mm. Big. Um, Van Dijk's like a new signing. Gomez is like a new signing. The Ox getting a good preseason under them is like a new signing. Um, hopefully, Henderson gets a good preseason behind the stage. Shift. That's like a new signing. Um, and letting the boys that play in the natural positions play in the natural positions make a difference. Um, I'm a, I'm a little bit disappointed um, with the lack of transfers in the forward areas. Um, I'll be, maybe things will change. Football can change, but to have a Rigi as our fourth choice striker, mm. um, that's, that's arguably if you play Jota in, maybe drop Firmino or whatever. But I feel like we're maybe a little bit short in that area. I know Ben Woodburn's had a good preseason, but. Is he really going to be in Klopp's fans, you know? Um, how does this season go? So we've got Norwich, then Burnley, then Chelsea, Leeds, Palace, Brentford, new, newbies to the Premier League, you know, mm. and Man City. Norwich away on Saturday. I fancy that we have to win that game, you know, comfortably. Um, previous years gone by, they've been a good team for us. So, like anything, get a good start, get momentum um, and build. You know, it's been a good pre-season, but probably not been the perfect pre-season. Um, and the Liverpool expectancy is the Liverpool that we've seen of years gone by. Um, the high press, hopefully Salah and Mane have had rests now. Hopefully their legs are fresher. Firmino seems to have a little bit of a rest. I know he played in the Copa America, but he didn't seem to play a lot of actual game time. He was mm. a bit of a big part player for Brazil. Um, so hopefully the players are well rested. Um, we've got the injury, play, injury players back. Um, I'm just worried about Van Dijk, Danny. He just looks, from what I've seen, he just looks to be half a yard slower than what he was. I don't know if it's playing on his mind injury or he just needs to play himself into play himself into the you no know, form, play himself into being fit. Um I'm just a little bit concerned. Um but yeah, I fancy the Liverpool of old and as I say, the players are still there. They're still fairly young, you know, they're all fit. So no reason why we can't be up to the top two of the Premier League again. But if it was that easy and it was it was a foregone conclusion, we wouldn't be sitting here chatting about it, would we? Exactly. And you know what? There's a, we've said it before, we'll say it again, is that like I'd be the same as you. I, I was hoping to see some signings, some some big signings this summer to really push us, especially with the likes of City spending the money they are, United spending the money that they are. I thought we need to get in a couple of big names here. But we've we've said this before and we've said like why why is this happening? Why is this going on? But you, we trust Klopp, don't we? You've got to trust in the fact that he, he knows what he's doing. He came out and said about the forward issue and he said, obviously, he's, he's got Origi as a backup. He's saying about Jota being the sort of challenge for, for Mane and Salah 
um, because Jota is that type of player, runs in, tries to score from wide angles, and he's also saying this season about bringing Oxley chamberlain into rival Firmino, playing him because yeah. Oxley chamberlain is more of a number 10, Firmino plays more of a number 10, really. Um, so he's saying about creating those pockets of competition within the players that he's actually got. The problem comes to the fact that we know that Oxley chamberlain is generally quite injury-prone, so that could end up just coming back to bite him. Uh, if Oxley chamberlain plays a couple of games and gets injured. We say about the centre-backs, I'm glad he's brought in Canate. Uh, he looks to be an absolutely solid player, uh, really fast. And I think him and Van Dijk, if they end up playing together, could look really, really good because I know you're saying Van Dijk's lost a yard. And I think part of that's probably to do with the fact that he, he hasn't played in a year. So to go in and suddenly start playing competitive games again, he is going to be worried until he starts forgetting about it and just getting back to business. Pre-season, it is going to play in your mind because you don't care about the result. It's all just about the fitness and you are going to be thinking, oh, maybe I, I, I should just ease off a little bit here. Don't injure myself. Don't wreck myself for the season. Um, but I think even if he has lost that yard, Canate more than makes up for it in the way that he plays. Um, so it'll be interesting because we've got all those different levels of competition now. That whole thing they're talking about at the back uh, between who's going to be starting, Van Dijk, Canate, Gomez... We're going to get what good half half a game, like sixty minutes out of Matip this season, maybe. Uh, so you know he's he's there, he's there just in case. Um, so we've got all this different level, and I know it's it's kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Obviously, next question I'm going to be asking you about is the fact that Robertson did pick up an injury pre-season. Tamiskus is looking very very good. He hasn't put a foot wrong all pre-season up to now. But but do you think he can really? replace Robertson or is he going to be a big miss? I Robo is not just the speed and the determination and the, 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 the crossing ability. Um, it's a character that is Scotland captain. He's been a stalemate of the Liverpool team. People forget that when he comes to Liverpool he was second choice behind Moreno when he sat on the bench for, for months, didn't he? Yeah. Um, people forget that and he's really made that position his own. Um, it's going to be interesting to see whether Klopp gives this to Miscas a go. Um, it keeps the stability of the team actual left footed you know all about that Danny being a left footer, left footer player yourself or does he throw Mr Reliable in James Miller and does he put Miller left back he won't let you down it's going to be interesting to see what he actually does um, there's a big gap in the Liverpool's midfield now with uh, Gino and Alvin going which is a shame but maybe Milner just step in there hopefully Kaita stays fit this season again as well the fact he's like another player if you can keep him fit he's like a, you know, the potential's there we, we all you know Whatever happens at Naby Keita, uh, Keita, whatever you say his name, <laughs> Naby Keita, Naby Keita, whatever happens at Naby Keita between now and his last game for Liverpool, no one has down on his ability. Not one person has a down on his ability. And, and when he influences the game, he's got it like he really has. Yeah. But we just haven't seen it enough. He always gets injured. It's probably exactly the same at Oxley and Chamberlain. Chamberlain had a spell in the in the in like the first and mid part of the season we won the league where he was just unplayable. Mm. And again, but we haven't just we haven't seen it enough. I think Sha- Shakiri's on his way, which is you know fair enough. He's done a good job for Liverpool. Ne- never set the world alight, but it certainly wasn't a bad spell by any stretch of management. So I think Shakiri's on his way. Disappointed about Origi being you know the third choice striker. I so you could argue the point with Jota being in a web. I think we need more cover there. Um, there's a lot of discussion points, and it'll be interesting to see what line- lineup they actually start against Norwich. But having the, the, the likes of Kaita fit, having the likes of Oxley Chamberlain fit. Um, they're two new signings in themselves. Van Dijk, Gomez. We haven't mentioned Gomez. Um, 
you've got you've got you know um uh, Matt Phillips who's got experience there now. You know, you've got Matty there too. Um we seem to have a little bit more strength and depth, which is good. Um and we haven't even mentioned our captain, you know, Jordan mm-hmm. Henderson, who's still only 31. I know there's been a bit of talk about maybe in the last year or two, but Jordan Henderson should have another three years. He's that type of player that even if he maybe two years in the first team, might couldn't have two years coming off the bench and doing a job because he's an, he's a Milner type character. He's a yeah. good influence on the squad and he's our captain. And he is captain fantastic. You know, Gerard had this label captain fantastic. And rightfully so, but um he's he's taken over the job from Gerard and he's just gone from strength to strength to strength. So I think he needs a bit more respect from certain parts of the media. Um, and having him in midfield along with Fabinho this season and letting them play in midfield and do the, the high press that they do, giving the ball to the likes of Salah and Manny Fed up the pitch rather than dropping back, that's going to make a big difference to the pro football club this season. So um, let's pray for um, no injuries, Danny. And I think if we have, if we, if we maintain maintain and manage injuries, hey, I wouldn't say we're favourites, but uh, right behind City, a second favourite for me for the league. Yeah. I agree with you. I think it's, as you said, it's all about maintaining injuries. And I think we had to bring in players and just hope that they stay fit. Because as you said, we've got some real quality players there. I was thinking when you mentioned about Shakiri, like if you look at that boy's career, it's unreal, the stuff that he's won like across his career. And you think you, you bring in a player like Shakiri, and you think this is a top world-class player. But we just haven't been able to get anything out of him because of the, the injury levels. Same with Oxlade-Chamberlain. Um, same with a few others as well, and so let's just hope. I think if we can if we can keep them fit, I think we can do really really well because I think we need that competition in the team now. I think Kunate is going to bring that. I think we've got our midfield three: Fabino, Henderson, Thiago. Who are going to be? They've only played one game together, which was at Everton last season when Van Dijk got injured. It's the only game where the three of them have actually played midfield together. Um, but obviously, we know the individual attributes of all three of them and I'm just hoping that we'll see certain quality out of them. One I forgot to mention was Thiago there. You know, he's had a season now. It was a bit of a disaster at the start. He, he seemed to come into himself, didn't he? Mm. Like the last maybe third of the season when we had a good spell. So um, I hope he plays well and hope that Thiago is a big part. But as I say, having Fabinho and Henderson next to him, that's a big difference. Those legs and those just, just experience as well. It's a big, big difference. I haven't even mentioned Curtis Jones, who's got another season under his belt. Yeah. Um, it's exciting. You know, people forget signings and stuff like that, but, you know, Curtis Jones over the year under his belt, what's he wear on this day? You know, it's mm-hmm. um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, but, Danny, I'm excited, as I say. Norwich, um, Burnley, Chelsea, fair three games. If you're taking seven points out of them, you're happy, you know. Um, and Leeds, Palace, Brentford and City. If you're taking another maybe nine points, ten points out of them, um, you're excited, and then we've obviously got another champion. No, there was talk of us not even being in Europe, and here we are preparing for another season in the Champions League. And see with the Champions League and Liverpool Football Club, you can never ever, no matter who you are, what season it is, what players go on the pitch with the fans back in Anfield, Liverpool Football Club and, and, and the Champions League is just there's always a chance, isn't it? It always is, and they always will be because it's Liverpool. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the thing is the and I think that's what Klopp has said a lot in his interviews is that people are underestimating how much of a difference the team is like having fans in the stadium is going to make to the team. And we know that because we're Liverpool fans and we've been to Anfield and we know what that is like on Champions League nights and big games. So hopefully that'll prove its worth. Canate obviously played there at the weekend 
in a, in a packed Anfield and even just in a pre-season friendly, he turned around at the end and was just like, this is just next level to what he experienced at Leipzig, a big game. Wasn't even full. Wasn't even full. Yeah, you know exactly. What so Champions Wasn't League nights and things like that, it's going to be something special. Um, but do you think there's going to be, with not having that many signings coming in, do you think there's going to be a lot of pressure on on these players? Like, And I think a lot of them, you think, the likes of Salah, Mane, Firmino, Henderson, they can all handle pressure, Van Dijk, go on, go on, go on. But there's going to be a lot of boys, fringe players, that are expected to come in and do a job. Your, your Diogo Jotters, your Curtis Joneses, um, boys like that that are going to have to come in and they're going to be expected to perform this season. As you said, a couple of seasons under the belt now. Like, Do you think there's going to be a level of pressure on those boys? It's a good point. The likes of your Irigis, which I thought he was away, to be honest with you, the likes of Kytus, Chamberlain's, we've mentioned Shakiri there. A lot of the, even to Miscas to a point, a lot of these boys now need to prove the worth. Are they good enough for Liverpool Football Club? Mm. We, everyone says about this having a squad and a backup, we need them to come to life because last season we were down to bare bones, but at the end of the day, the players are coming at times just weren't good enough, and that's it's just that simple. Not that they were bad players, not that um, we want to slag them off or say this or say that, but they were just not good enough, and it's just that simple. So, um, yeah, you're right, big season with those type of boys. Um, the likes of Salah, Semino's, Manny's, you know, Van Dijk, and those, they're going to be doing what they do every season. And I expect not, I expect them the goals from Salah as we've always had. Um, yeah. I expect Manny to have a better season because he had a bit of a blip last season. Um, but Manny gives you so much even off the ball. People forget that. Just because Manny wasn't scoring you know, 20, 30 goals last season doesn't mean he wasn't working his socks off. You know, he still gives enough to the team to want to play. So let's hope we get us a good start, Danny. And as I say, it's exciting and uh, it gives us a platform. To tackle all the bubbles for the next what, nine months. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, one of the things that's going on this season that we've kind of started is the fact that we're going to be doing a fancy league as part of our um, as part of our podcast. So that's going to be all over our social media. Make sure that you join it. Uh, the winner of the the fancy league doesn't cost nothing; it's just a bit of banter for us to all do together. Uh, but the winner will get a, a few little freebies. We might even get you on the podcast towards the end of the season. Um, oh. The last question that I want to ask you in relation to that, Ammo. Obviously, we said about the transfers and all the different things. If you could, if you was in Jurgen Klopp's shoes right now, I had a meeting with him and he said, I need to get rid of one player and I need to bring one player in. Who realistically would you go for? Like, obviously, we'd all say, oh, like, let's sign Mbappe, but like, that's not realistic. Who realistically would you bring in for Liverpool and who realistically would you get rid of if you had the chance to now? Right, okay, I would... I've just I completely thrown this on you, by the way, I know. <laughs> no, no you, you've done it last season, nothing I don't forget. Um, <laughs> you know, I love the Vicarigi. For four of the is nothing, you remember the saying. Um, right now, if I was in charge, I would go all out. I'd see the gap in the market for Harry Kane. And I would get Harry Kane, I would get rid of Origi. And I think it's, it's that's very easy to say, isn't it? But at the end of the day, it's, that's, you put the question to me. And uh, yeah, that's what that's what I would uh, that what I would do. But I'll, I'll I'll turn a quick back on you before we go and ask you the same question. <laughs> I know I should have thought I should have thought about it actually. Um, I I would be keen. I think I think Origi is a good shout. So I think it'd be him or Shakiri for me. I think Shakiri has improved himself, and I think for the position that I want, I'd get rid of Shakiri. So for me, it'd be get rid of Shakiri, bring in Telemans. I'd want Telemans in that yeah, team. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, as I say, Danny, it's been a it's been a great podcast, hasn't it? It's been great to catch up. And as I say, we 
we, we, me and Danny, if, you know, if anyone's interested, we always plan all, we'll do 15 minutes here, we'll do 10 minutes there. And we try and plan these podcasts and like, you know, we sit there along with him chatting. <laughs> we, we, we're always forever like cutting the type of the time on the top because we just enjoy it. But um, it's, it's been good to see you, mate. Um, hey, and let's hope for another successful season for Liverpool Football Club. And uh, these smiles that we've got on our faces now, let's hope they're still there come May. That's all I can say. <laughs> oh, yes. Now, I think it will be. And I'm looking forward to catching you after the game. Uh, we'll be able to chat more and get back into our usual routine of chatting about the matches, see what's going on. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. We won't give any predictions uh, for now, I think, for the Norwich game, because I think we've spoken enough about it all. Um, but we'll get chatting close to the time. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes. Liverpool quadruple this season, I think. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. <laughs> I'm just hoping Matthew can last more than 60 minutes. That's my hope oh, for this season. There you go. Right. <laughs> but until then, thank you so much for listening, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll catch you next time on Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.